Robertson ran on, hit it at pace and seals it for the Lions. Mitch Robertson for the boundary line, screws it around for goal number four, the goal of the day, Mitch Robertson. Welcome to Rip Through It Radio with Mitch Robinson and Sean Tobin on SEN. Wowee, that's the sound of you knowing you made it. We've arrived a few times this year, but this is different. <laughs> This hits different. This is this is going from next level to next level. Uh, I don't remember those games. I might have been – they sound like goals. I might have kicked goals in one game this year, so I must have been GWS game. But, wow, how's that? This is – this. as I said, this hits different. We uh, we've, 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 we we started in the spare guest room. We're going <laughs> to – the, the, the Riff Group family know where we started. We started yeah. in your guest best room. We, we, we made ourselves to the living room. Yeah. We found ourselves at the house. Yeah. We, we, we came into the SEN studios and, and now Jack's welcomed us in. Uh, we've got our corner man, Jazz. It, this, this is a whole different setup. This is pretty much Microsoft in, in the it. garage. Yeah. We've gone from, from Drake's uh, famous words, start from the bottom, now we're here. I feel like when Mark Zuckerberg made Facebook. I honestly it's feel like on, this, this must have been how he The felt. writing was on the window. Yeah. Um, welcome, everybody. Rip through uh, I say podcast slash radio. A uh, little rundown of how it works. So this is a Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. We record, pre-recorded here, and it got released. Uh, it will be released tomorrow well, when you hear it live uh, on Thursday, 8.30 a.m. SEN 105.3. Now that's how it works. So I'll cut up the Jack will cut up the the podcast for radio, and we'll still upload it to our socials, etc. But this is really cool. Um, I want to give a shout out to obviously SEN, uh, Big Hutchy. He's uh he's given us this opportunity to do this, and uh, really really grateful because he gets my foot in the door. Uh, and you never know, post footy could be a could be a radio guy. I got a face of radio, so maybe. Busted and bruised at the moment. With a few say, you're you're a bit battered and bruised <laughs> at the moment. Uh, but And we have to say thank you to the Rip Thrill family. You know, we all do. the listeners and the viewers that have been riding with us from day yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're only here because of them. You know, yeah. this is... This is stats we've always, don't lie. The stats don't lie. We've always said this is the people's <laughs> show. This is the people's podcast. Uh, who, who thought we would be here? I certainly yeah. didn't. Yeah, well, I, I, I sort of did. I, I, you know, I thought I was pretty good at this, so I thought maybe one day I'll get the big dog job, but... No, that's a bit of a rundown of what uh, what we're doing. But uh, how you be, Shawnee T? Come up, how was traffic this morning? It was uh, <laughs> it's your usual terrible self. Yeah, it Jeez. was it was it was shocking. I think Jazz and I left at uh, seven fifteen, and we we made our way here at about eight fifty nine on the dot. So mm. we rolled in just a couple of minutes before we had to go on air. Uh, but I'll tell you what, it's probably been three months since we last actually had. Yeah, a chance we said to... that in the elevator. We, we, we had an elevator music. We had a chat about that. We couldn't believe it. This is this well, is every time I see you, it gets longer and longer, know, and I'm, I'm worried about the next time I might. So you might be Christmas. Nah, it's, it's, it's happening weekly. But it's just yeah, it's been actually like a hectic month. Like it was smooth sailing pretty much this season. Um, we talk about AFL with COVID as well. It's been pretty smooth sailing until like the you know the past month where it's just gone kind of pear shaped. But it feels like we're getting a little bit of normality back. We're here uh, at the Gabba this weekend. We haven't played here in since Geelong game. We beat them up here. So it's just been a bit of a blur to be honest. Like I've been on that many flights. We've been playing here than playing there. I think. In one week, we did four flights. Um, no, we flew down to Melbourne to play in uh, Adelaide. In Adelaide, we flew to Melbourne for a week, and then we flew to Adelaide the morning of the game, and then we flew back, and then we stayed in Melbourne. We flew to Gold Coast for a week, and we played Zorko's 200th, which is meant to be at the Gabba at the Metricon, um, and we beat Los Cura in that game. And then we were allowed to go home to Brisbane, and then we had to come back down to Metricon to play. Uh, we went to Melbourne, actually, uh, for 24 hours. Crazy. So we flew into Melbourne. Um, we got our COVID test straight away at the hotel, Sofitel Hotel. Um, we were in lockdown in our room till the test results came back negative the next morning. And then 
literally have a team meeting to talk about, you know, how to play them at the, at the MCG, you know, the hoodoo. We haven't won there in X amount of years. And literally, like Danny Daly and Greg Swan got up and said, yeah, we're, we're flying back to uh, to Brisbane today to share the flight with, with Richmond and play at Metricon on Saturday night. So Friday night. So it's been honestly like any schedule or routine you have was just literally thrown out the window and it's just like we just had to adapt to whatever was thrown at us. So we've been through that a couple of times this year um, and now it's just seemed like it's uh, going a bit you know, in turmoil. Like there's a lot of teams. I think SA teams have left SA who were in lockdown to go to Melbourne who are in lockdown. So it's, And they got turned back at the airport as well. They got turned back. So like it's – I think Sydney teams are, are really struggling as well at the moment. Um, so it's just – I don't really understand or have a full grasp on what's going on, but – that's just been what I've been up to. So. Yeah. And t- 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 take us back to even the Geelong game, you yeah. know, when you guys are on the bus preparing to come home yeah. and then you actually got told from, from uh, Greg Swan and the, and the, and the, yeah. and the executive, hey, guys, we need you to get off the bus. We're actually going to be here for what was going to be another week or two yeah, at that time. Yeah, just about three weeks. Does it, could you have four, did you have any foresight at that time that maybe this year was going to be fairly disjointed. I thought, no, I thought that was just a once off because, um, and we, we were happy, you know, to experience it because we went through a relatively easy stage last year, like having sleep in our own bed for an X amount of weeks where other teams, everyone relocated to uh, Queensland. So this season's a little bit different because you, you don't have an, um, a guaranteed time with how long you're staying somewhere for and where you're playing. So Games are getting shifted. Like we meant to play Gold Coast next week at the Gabba, where it's been brought forward to this weekend where we should have been playing Hawthorne on the MCG. So, you know, last year, everyone kind of, we had like four to five week blocks where we knew um, who were playing and where we were playing and it was kind of guaranteed. Whereas in now it's it's all over the shop. We don't actually really know. And some players, which I haven't heard of, you know, we'll talk about soon. Some players have, you know, gone to get a takeaway coffee then been in a hot spot and now they can't play. Where, you know, Josh Dunkley, that was, he just yeah. literally got a takeaway coffee. And, yeah. he, you know, he's been quarantined 14 days. So last year, you know, kind of had some clarity what was going on. This year is uncertain. Like, we don't know what's happening until literally last minute. So from right now, we could be playing um, at the Gabba this weekend. That could change in a heartbeat. So it's just all about being able to adapt and not you know, not get set on what's um, in front of you in cement. Like, you just you just got to kind of understand that things can change and you just got to get on a bus and go somewhere or get on a plane and go somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose we'll, we'll, we'll jump into all of that because you're right, there's so much that we need to talk about from yeah. Toby Green to Callum Mills to Josh Dunkley. Yeah. But just to, just to, I suppose, recap what the last few months have been like for yourself, has there been restrictions around how you've been able to live even when you've been in uh, Brisbane, because I, I can imagine that you've you've still probably had to live somewhat of a restricted lifestyle. Yeah, yes and no, because because Queensland and Brisbane has been really good um, up until we had that um, mini lockdown of three days or five days, whatever it was. It, it, other than that, it's been really good. Like face, I don't think face masks have been mandatory. You haven't been having to wear it, but we still have restrictions on what we can do internally. Like the best thing that we did as a club last year was saying. Let's, let's react to worst case scenario, even if it isn't. So when it does, restrictions do lessen, then, you know, we're already all over it and we've got protocols in place for that. So we've been really good in terms of that. Like we've been able to live our life pretty much normal up until, you know, the past month, I'd say. But no, it's been fine. We've been able to train until, um, you know, we had a little hiccup in um, Melbourne. We had to stay there for a couple of weeks. But other than that, it's been really good up until... I'd say about three weeks ago when, you know, the breaks are starting to happen more in, you know, every state, not just one particular state. So um, it's been pretty full on. Mentally, it's a very, very draining. Like, I'll be, I'll be the first to admit, like, it's it does wear on you. Um, whereas I, I'm more of a guy who I need a schedule and routine. Um, that's what I've found out that really works for me. So 
I think if we went into lockdown and we knew how long for, or we went to a hub and they said, look, we're all going to go on a hub three weeks. Um, this is what's going to happen. You're playing this ground, that ground. Like that'd be better for us than having to, you know, mentally prepare for a, a, a game or a, a stadium you're going to, you know, a hostile environment where you're going to play, um, how much time I'm packing and all that kind of stuff. Like if you just knew what it was, then I think that's a lot better for the players. But these stop and starts and traveling here, then they change the last second on a bus, get on a bus, go there, got to go and pack. You know, I might have things planned for the, with the kids on the weekend for, the, you know, someone's birthday or the birth and, you know, Bobby Hills has gone home and mm. on, um, uh, as we speak. So he's uh, looking at the arrival of birth of his baby. So these things are just really hard to uh, put your head around. And, and we, we we totally understand that, you know, the whole country's going through it. So it's not just AFL players or athletes alike. It's, it's, it's you know, the whole country. And then Victoria... From all reports I see on Twitter and that stuff, like there are a lot of people that are struggling with the with the snap lockdowns they're going through. So hopefully they're all doing well and everyone's getting through that um, together. So it's 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 just a really weird time again at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And and you spoke about you know we 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 fully understand that there are so many other people that exactly. are doing it so much worse. Exactly. You know, and and our thoughts and you know wishes are with everyone in Victoria and New South yeah. Wales and even South Australia, exactly. which, which of course has yeah. happened in the last twenty four hours. We're, we're purely obviously talking from a football sense. Yeah. Um. You spoke about the last minute changes and mm-hmm. scheduling and. We, we, we saw last week that you were given 24 hours to 48 hours notice to know that the game was going to be moved against Richmond yeah. from the MCG to Metricon Stadium. Yeah. Um, you, you touched on, I suppose, hearing the news, but let, let's recap the, the, the game. game did, yep. you, did you feel like the, the last-minute changes, the fixturing, played a, a role in, in the performance in any way? Because the game didn't even start on time because nah, of the dude. delays. I mean, the, the delays were really up until the, the, the first bounce with the 15-minute delay as well. So talk us through the delay, yeah. even pre-game. And then yeah. do you think at all there was any you know, impact to, to how the game was actually played with all the last-minute changes? Yeah, we're, we're in the business of um, not making excuses, at a, especially in our club. Like, we don't want to be the team that makes excuses of, like, um, you know, we had to change venue. We flew to Melbourne for no reason for 24 hours to do a captain's run on the MCG to play at the Metricon. Like, that, that's just footy at the moment, and we're aware of how that goes. So Richmond probably had to go through similar things as us. We, sh- As I mentioned, we shared a flight with them, and they are all kind of in the same boat as us. Like, it was just a just a weird, awkward feeling of going through like that. Like, like on paper, like Brisbane and Richmond are really starting to build that rivalry. So it's like, how do you, how do you act around them or how do you like, like interact with them? So that was really a weird feeling, but you know, we, we got on the bus from Brisbane to, um, to go to down to the Gold Coast, which usually takes an hour max. It took an hour and 40 plus just to get there. So Fags, <clears throat> Fags at the front of the bus, you know, he, you know, he's one of those guys that we'd always deep in thought. He had his phone. I went down to do a walk up and down the bus. He had his phone looking at the maps, um, looking at how long it's taking. I could just see that he, oh, in his head, he was just pacing around. He's just doing that. But I thought we did, you know, we, I thought we were really prepared for the game. We, we went into it with a really, really good game plan. Um, you know, we'd beaten them last two times and. You know, we knew it was going to be a big game for them because they had Rewell's 300th game. Uh, the, the Victorian media had been smashing them in the papers and all over the internet about you know, losing four in a row. So we knew they were going to come out firing. And I thought we did pretty well in the first half. And even in the third quarter, we got in front. And then for whatever reasons, we, uh, we just kept turning the ball over by foot and by hand. And um, we're playing their brand of footy. How they love to go up and back, pinging the ball around and really fell into that trap. So... We didn't, we didn't react very well to that. And then they kicked away in the last quarter, which was really disappointing for us because we thought we had a good chance to, to run away with it. And it just didn't happen. But yeah, it's just one of those games. It's just a really um, weird, weird game for me personally. But 
Um, no, we, we learn a lot from it. We don't really lose games. We like to use a terminology that we're going to learn from those games. So um, obviously two in a row is not great for us. We haven't lost two in a row since round one and two. Um, and we're really looking forward to bouncing back this week against Gold Coast. Yeah. Is it not necessarily the, the losses that have hurt the most, but just how you guys have actually lost definitely, those games? Because it, it's it seemed, as a, as a fan of the game, yeah. the last two weeks from Brisbane have been so uncharacteristic yeah. with the stand and the brand, the, yeah. the, the style and the brand that, that, that you guys play with week in, week out. Is that kind of been the thing that's been most frustrating amongst it all? I think so. Um, for me personally as well, we've... I wouldn't say, I don't want to give away too much of what we talk about in our four walls because that's not the way we go about it. But, you know, we've been disappointed in the way that some, like us as players have been um, standing up in situations. Like we've got a lot of really good leaders in the club and our and our young blokes have been playing some great footy. So, you know, you'd love to put it down to, you know, it's just been a big month for us internally in, in terms of where we've been doing like traveling and um, the mental stress we've been under and all that kind of stuff. But we just haven't been playing our brand, which is, you know, exciting footy, really tough footy. Um we base our football off um, contested football and, you know, getting it from one end to the other, you know, pretty freely and keeping it in our forward half um, with those turnovers and pressure and stuff. So we haven't been bringing that for four quarters. And although in these games we've been having some really good patches, we've had, you know, uh, runs against us in terms of like goals, like three to four goals against us in a row, which is uncharacteristic like our club. Like we used to go through those in the dark days, you know, in the 17 and 2018 where mm. we're getting pumped by five goals and six goals in a row and then um, we can't come back from that. So... We've had a really good week this week on track. We're looking forward to Gold Coast and, um, you know, Fagan's been massive on just how you boys are going to react to it because the coaches can coach into all that, but it's really up to the players. So, you know, the boys have been disappointed with our effort and we can't wait just to get out there this weekend. Yeah, well, look, if you're ever going to have a lull period in the game, you'd rather it be round 18, <laughs> wouldn't you? You know, you'd rather not be one week out from finals or, yeah, or first yeah, yeah. week in finals. I mean, you'd rather be doing it now. And yeah. do, do, you, do you guys look at the latter at all? Because... The, from one to six, I mean, it is so tight Very at tight. the moment. Like, do you guys, and I know you're a fan of the game, you're shooting the game, do you look at the ladder and 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 really, I suppose, try and use it as a way to go, okay, well, we, we know that as we continue to build momentum, there's teams ahead of us, but, you know, it's so tight. Like, mm. how important is the is, is the ladder in terms of, I suppose, the motivation behind how you guys are playing? Yeah, we know that the top four is a position that you want to be, obviously, at the end of the season. There's double chance that gives you a really good chance to have a run at the premiership. So every player is un, you know, understands where we sit on the ladder. Um, last two weeks have, you know, kind of hurt our, hurt our, uh, I guess, our our year. But we've still got, like, you know, six games to go. So we've still got a great chance to get back in top four. We're only one game out. And we're equal, equal, I think we're equal fifth right now with um Sydney. So... Yep. You know, we've been we've been looking at the ladder. We understand where it's at, but it's not going to be you know the focus for us. We've got to you know start winning our games. So we obviously you know, got Gold Coast, and we can't look past Gold Coast. They've had a great month of footy. They've you know beaten Richmond. They've taken right to the Bulldogs on the weekend. So they're not going to be a walkover team. It's going to be a very tough game for us. And we're excited to get our brand of footy back. Um, but yeah, the ladder obviously plays you know a role in where we think we can finish. Um, it's just depending on winning our games and. We haven't done that for the past two weeks, and we don't we don't plan on losing this weekend. I tell you what was back, Jack, on Friday night that the the tackling machine of Mitch Robinson. <laughs> Good God, the, it was in overdrive. And, I thought there was steam coming off it. And I knew it at one point. I knew there was going to be a collision. I knew there was going to be another tackle. I was waiting for it. It wasn't coming. I thought it's not going to happen. And then I saw I saw you know you both go, you both being yourself and yeah. Dustin Martin going yeah. towards the ball and. It, it, to be honest, it was pretty innocuous, like on on the screen. I mean, yeah. it was certainly a lot different to the tackle that happened earlier in the year. But did you know at the time 
that he was hurt because the play moved so quickly. Yeah, I mean, did on. you did you did you know at the time that you know it was a, it was a very strong and fair tackle and and that he was hurt or, or were you so quick to move on to the next play? Uh, no, no, it was a really strange one because it felt like he was trying to bump me, so I kind of braced myself for a half tackle, half getting shit mix or yeah. getting getting knocked off the ball. So I was it like, looked like that. It looked like you you braced I kind of, for impact. I kind of braced for impact, but I felt that he, when he raised his arm up a little bit, my left elbow went. I thought it was a hip pointer straight into his hip or rib area. So, you know, as a player, when you get when you hit someone or you get hit, that it's oh that that, was, that one's got to hurt. So, I kind of uh, when it, when I looked back, I got up first and then looked over and I could see him on his haunches. I thought maybe he's just winded, um, you know, because I could feel like a, I feel the air come out of the the body when when that happened. And um, when the play stopped on the other side of the oval, then he's still you know in a fair bit of agony and laying on the ground the way he was. I thought oh maybe he might be you know a broken rib or something worse. So. Unfortunately, it was probably worst case scenario for him. Um, and then on the big screen, it showed the replay of him crossing the boundary line on his haunches. So, although yep. that's not a great sign. So, um, you know, I tried to get on with it. My arm was bleeding. And I think I got hit in the face then as well. My eye was bleeding. I couldn't really see on my right eye for a while. Um, and then, you know, after the game, that's when it all kind of started when the reports came out that he went to hospital. And um, Emma actually saw him outside the, at, at the gates getting into a car, going to hospital straight after the game. So, that's what I knew it was probably going to be pretty bad, but no, it was, it was a fair hit, and it was absolutely. It was, you fair know, hit. it's just it's just funny yeah. the way the, the supporters and stuff have come after me about that. But um, I, I did send him a text after after the game on on Saturday. He hasn't replied. I'm I'm, I'm dare saying that he's probably got a lot of uh, messages in his inbox and his phone and stuff. So um, if he does hear this or this gets out on the media, I'd, I'd, obviously it's um, not a great result. Hopefully he has a speedy recovery. I, I saw it's three months, mm. um, no contact. So. Um, I've only seen one of these injuries before, which is like Tom Lonigan, I'm pretty sure, and he lost his kidney. So, um, you know, it's, it's lucky for him that he gets a keepies and he can, you know, get a full recovery out of that. But, yeah, it's just a freak accident, and um, this is one of those hits that you know that w- would have hurt, but you just didn't think it was going to do that. No, absolutely. And you spoke about the eye. I mean, geez, that happened yeah, early in the game, did. didn't it? Well, I got pushed into, oh, I can't remember who it was, maybe Arts or someone. Um, he, I think he went off with, he got staples. I just got pushed into it and I couldn't get out of the way and it was just a head clash and um, that was that was coming down pretty quick and I was trying to disguise it till we needed a little break and we had a shot at goal then I think Zorka missed it. So I was like, oh, umpire, umpire, look at my eyes, bleeding. And then we got a little bit of time to set up. So Yeah, um, smart. Yeah, I got you know, six stitches straight after the game and it's fine now. It's just one of those things that my, you know, my face is copping a little bit this year but um, just battle wins for... The future. I was watching the game and my partner wasn't watching, but she heard someone was going off with the blood rule and all she said to me was, What what's Mitch done this time? <laughs> so she didn't even have to she didn't have to watch the game to know uh, that uh, that that obviously it might have been you that was coming on. I've got to stop taking these fish oil tablets, making my blood thin. Are you getting stocks in bandages? Like- I did on the weekend. I oh, saw a lassoplast must be doing pretty well from your I'm record thinking, at this stage. Well, I don't know if you can see it in this camera here, but yeah, it's 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 this one's a bit of a hard one. It's gone through the eyebrow down down into my the eyelid pretty much, so it's not the same. It's the same side as the one early in the year against Colton, but it's a it's a different different spot. So um, the doc actually said it's one of the worst ones you have to try and stitch like because it was just so jagged. It was just like split in weird ways. But I don't know. I reckon it looks pretty tough when I when I when it happens and it's it's pretty cool. No, well, it's good to know that you, you you're all patched up. You're ready to rock <laughs> and roll for this weekend. There was an injury scare though at the club though yesterday. Yeah. I heard from a few yeah. reporters that were at the game. Unfortunately, Lockie Neal looks to have come off with a, a shoulder. Uh, a shoulder complaint, or, or what, what can you? Nothing. What, what what can you tell us? I mean, it didn't look great from some of the vision. Yeah, but what the did vision you... the vision looked damning. Um, I didn't even notice that he went off the track with a, a sore shoulder. Um, my brother actually texted me after training. He was like, "Oh no, Neil's gone out. Robbo, you'll have thirty again this weekend or something like that." Because we've got a little <laughs> we've got a little running joke that if Neil doesn't play, I'll have a good game. But 
Um, I was, so I went over to him. He's, he's only a couple, couple lockers down. I was like, what, what happened to you? He's like, oh, no. Nah. He literally tripped over. So he had the ball in hand. We're doing like no no contact drills. He just tripped over and landed like awkwardly, like pushed his like elbow into the ground and he yeah. got like that stinger again. So he's been doing rehab since that um, Geelong game on his shoulder and, he, and he's been getting through games and training no matter what. It's just one of those accidents or freak accidents to train him that he just you know gave us a little stinger. So he was doing, I was, I was doing weights with him straight after and he was fine. It just, it just, looked, yep. it just looked bad the way he was walking off. I thought when I saw the footage, I thought, damn, he's out for the year with that. Like the way yeah. he was carrying it. But um, just a literally, literally like a ten minute stinger, and he was back out, back out, um, doing weights, and he was fine. So he'll play this week, no matter what. Um, he's really excited, and he looked fine after that. It was just, just looked, just looked bad. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No. Well, when I saw the vision yesterday, yeah. I mean, I, I like you. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see it in real time, of course, but yeah. I, I looked at the vision, and went, oh, geez, that's is what I mean. He out for two weeks here. Because I saw the footage, on? and then I had to, I ran over. I said, what? Hey, are you right? And he's like, no, I'm fine. I just, he's just more embarrassed of anything. He, the way he fell over, tripped over his own feet. I was like, man. Oh, it's rough. As I said, I thought he was out for two weeks. And yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, there are a couple of players around the league that won't be able to play football for 14 days because yeah. of isolation. Yeah. And, you know, in the wake of Toby Green, uh, Callum Mills, uh, and even Josh Dunkley, who I, I was actually at the game, and it was great to see him uh, back out um, after obviously being on the sidelines for an extended period of mm. time there. But, I mean, h- how crazy was it that Toby Green was doing an interview with Alistair Lynch 30 minutes before the game was about to start? And literally just before they run out, he, he got made aware that um, uh, he, he, he was going to have to go into isolation. So, due to so that's, he couldn't play. So how many players from from GWS couldn't play the actual game? Uh, oh, so, there was oh, a few, wasn't there? There, there was certainly a few from GWS and there yeah. was certainly a few from, from Sydney. Sydney. Uh, to the point where John Longmore and the coaching staff had to call players into the grounds to say, bring your boots because we, wow. we need to line up. And they certain some of the players had already played a full game of football the day yeah, before. Yeah. So, you know, it's certainly not ideal in the circumstances. Yeah. And we talk about having to be reactive to, yeah. uh, you know, the game as, as there's these exposure sites are, are happening. You know, in Melbourne, um, they, they probably would have been able to, if the game and the hub was still in Melbourne, they probably would have been able to get a COVID test, be cleared negative yeah. and, and been able to play this weekend. Yeah. Um, because of the, 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 the uh, I suppose the exemptions that have been given to, to the teams uh, in Queensland, yeah. they have to do 14 days isolation. 100%. So those guys, there was a, an image of Toby Green yesterday in his, in his hotel room. And I sent him a DM on Instagram and he's seen it and didn't reply. So uh, left Toby Green, unseen. don't do that. I, Come I, on. I couldn't, I, I mean, I couldn't believe when I saw the, the news at the start and, yeah. and the Josh Dunkley one, it's so hard because he that's went to, a, he, that's very unfortunate. He, he went to a takeaway coffee house yeah. and, and what, what, you know, was living a, a, you know, not doing anything that he shouldn't have been doing, yeah. but it's been, it's, it's kind of brought this question on from a number of media analysts around the game that should players be forced to do nothing outside of football and training? And I don't know how realistic that is because I, I assume that players are already Fairly restricted with what yeah. they can and can't do, but definitely are now. Where, where, where do you, where do you sit on it? Like uh, uh, players, you know, and it came to the fore because a number of players and staff went to the Wallabies game. Yeah, um, yeah, and so did Ryan Marshall from St Kilda and his teammates, and, and they went for a, a, a quick beer after the game, and they had like it's just normal normal Saturday night, and then they actually quarantined now as well. Which Ryan Marshall, mm. you all know how good a ruckman he is for St Kilda. That's a big loss. So massive loss. It, the restrictions are like me personally. I wouldn't. I wouldn't care if the AFL just and everyone's circumstances are different. But if they if they go to you like we just want you guys to go back to what it was um, last year, like you can't leave your house, you can only get takeaway coffees, like go to straight from home to training back. We've got like six weeks left to the finals, so for the teams that are you know in the in the finals, Hunt and doing that, they I reckon they would just say let's just get it done, let's just do that that way. 
um, for for teams that probably aren't. That you know, it's just going to be uh, pretty hard for them to just be quarantined in their house like day in day out. Like it was that eight week block last year was horrible. Um, just to do that by yourselves and to try and stay fit and motivated to do all those things. So. For me personally, I'd say, yeah, I'd, I wouldn't have a problem doing it. Um, if it's just training and then going to home and then back, like my partner would be the one that would go and do the shopping and do all those things with the kids and um, school drop off. So obviously they have to pick up a fair bit of a load. Um, but it's, it's just a really hard one because you, these same things like Josh Dunkley went to a cafe, mm. like takeaway coffee, he wasn't you know, doing anything wrong. And he now he's quarantined 14 days and he, you know, who missed this weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah. Misses, yeah. Miss a game for that. Yep. So it's, he just it, came back. It just know. came back from his long term, like he had a long injury layoff, then he got back, and then that happened. So it, it, it would have to be thrown to AFLPA. They would, they would do a survey for the players, and then we would say yes or no. Then that's how that that's how it works. So for me personally, I'd have no problem with it going back to full restrictions, but um, you've got to kind of understand every state's different. I know that, you know, the two Sydney teams are probably copying it the most mm. at the moment because, you know, how, how bad New South Wales is. So. Everyone's different, but if teams can't train because of this, I think you know the SA clubs are, they couldn't get a lot of training this week. That's a disadvantage for them. So it's just hard to because every every state's different, and there's so many governing bodies in there. And and I think if the AFL are going to go down that path, then everyone has to do it no matter what. Yeah, but as an AFL Players Association delegate, though, yeah. do you think do you think we're asking too much of the players? Not really. No, I don't think so. I think. There's a lot of other people worse off. Like Victoria, they keep getting the snap lockdowns, and and I see a lot of people struggling. I think because we're so we don't have that many games left of the season, then we got finals. I think let's just get it. If we were going to, let's just get it done. But that's just that's just me personally. Turn your phones off, mate. That's just me personally. I think like if 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 we're going down that path, and everyone has to do it, and everyone has to buy into it, otherwise this is not going to happen. But I think that it's not asking too much for players is to go go home, go to training, come back. There's six weeks left of the season, and then we got finals. So I think that'd be fine for us. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I'm so conflicted on it because I do feel like we, like the the players are the product at the end of the day, and yeah, yeah. And, and I think you guys have actually sacrificed a lot for the game to continue in many yeah, ways. Yeah. I mean, you look at you, you spoke about the New South Wales players. Yeah. Um. You know they they haven't been home for a long time. Yeah. Um. You guys obviously at a moment's notice had to end up you know going to all your sponsors to get, you know, extra clothes when you guys yeah. were down there early in the year. Like, it's it's a lot to ask. And I get it. There's a lot of people, though, out there that are doing it much worse. I just feel like, is there a tipping point to, you know, if Sydney and the Giants had been without 10 of their best players this weekend and the game had to continue, at That's what a point, strong disadvantage. So yeah, in, like, in, in that, that point, speaks to the integrity yeah. of the competition. That's at probably, that point, I'd say just have the week off of the season. So I... So understandably, the AFL are losing money left, right, and centre when games are being postponed. Um, you know, TV rights for guests, like specific games, obviously where the money comes from. I understand that, um, but if play like if teams are losing players because of this, and like Sydney are right in the hunt, and GWS are right in the hunt, if they're losing you know top tier players to to these reasons, for these like, COVID reasons, and then other teams aren't, it's a massive disadvantage, and I'd say. If we if we can just have just have a week off, let all the players get fit and ready, and then go from there. We can mm. we can take the bye before the season, you know, the finals or whatever it may be. But if it's if it's if it's such a big deal for the TV rights, then that's that's a, that's a hard thing to fathom. But I would just say, give us a week off. Um, everyone just go go lockdown for a little week, go home, go for lockdown or whatever it may be, and just and restart the season next week. Like yeah. it's it's not that big a loss, surely. 
Well, uh, well, I think I think it is. I think that's well, how I know it, actually, yeah, like it, it is. It is for dollars and cents. Yeah. But if you want a fair competition, oh, that's the way well, I go for and, it. And this is this is probably what yeah. This is where I'm at too. I think is Tom Rockliffe spoke spoke on it very well. He's just saying like leaving leaving a lockdown city and then going to another lockdown city makes no sense. Um, that's a disadvantage for them. And I'm like for a week off, I wouldn't have any problems with it. Like yeah. I'll, I'll just give everyone a chance to get fit and healthy and go from there. But obviously, it's a it's a Big deal for the AFL if you if you're missing a week of footy. Yeah, the, the only way to stop it, as we found out last year, is to genuinely create a hub. Is to bring yeah. everyone in Queensland, uh, you know, which I know people won't want to do. But yeah. if we sell it to the point that look, this is for a six week period. Um, you may be here for up to six to eight weeks. You may only be here for four, depending on obviously where you finish yeah. the season. But it, it seems like that's the only way we're going to be able to get through the season because, I mean, as as we spoke about yesterday, Adelaide's gone into you know a seven day lockdown that could be extended. Melbourne doesn't look like the extension could could not be beyond Tuesday. New South Wales doesn't really look like it's getting out anytime soon. Like it, it seems like Queensland really. If Queensland started to have restrictions, the game would be in, in serious trouble. Yeah, and you're forgetting about the the best state in the country as well, Tasmania. I don't think they've had one case since it started. So I don't think they have. Let's look down there. I'd be yeah. grateful. I'd go put my hand out straight away. Yeah. I'll be the ambassador yeah. for that. Oh, honestly, no. Nah, like but but in all seriousness. It, I didn't go through it last year with those long-term stints. Like the longest I've been through is three weeks. So as long as family are allowed, um, partners and kids and everyone's allowed to go and everyone's on board with that, I think it's a great idea just to do it so we can get um, a consistent um, block out, like even if it's four weeks, just so we can kind of get a rough uh, rough gauge on where the season's going. But yeah, it's it's from all reports, like this, this whole podcast is pretty much just about COVID chat because it affects the game so much and oh. there's so many things that go into it. Like... Our GM Danny Daly, he is his first year at the helm, like after Do- David Noble left, and he uh, he's has been every time I see him, he's headphones in on the phone talking to people. So, so shout out to him and Nicole Duncan and people at our club who are doing that because it's not an easy job. Like we're literally getting told different information every hour, every day, what's going to happen, and those guys have got to book new buses, book hotels, book all the players come. Like it's it's crazy at the moment. It's just nuts, isn't it, Jack? It's just crazy. It's mental. The only thing with Queensland is I don't know if we've got enough resorts. We've got all True. the rugby league teams here. Like, we're literally, we're literally at capacity nearly. I've got yeah. a spare room in my house. I might That's have a it. couple of beds. Lodging. Can, Lodging. Yeah. Lodging. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. It's honestly, That's actually a good yeah. point. I didn't think of that. Well, you're right. And, the, the, and the, Gold I think Coast the, the Royal well. Pines is obviously, yeah. you know, out of the question now, which is obviously where a lot of the teams stayed last year. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, it's uh, it, it, look, it, it seems like it's getting harder and harder. And I, I can imagine Travis Hall, the fixture in boss at the AFL, just must not have any hair left after the last two years of, of the fixturing that he's done. Uh, a couple of ones, though, that before we, uh, before we wrap up here. Um, uh, Sam Walsh, we spoke about yeah. this via text message yesterday. There's a couple of players every week that just don't seem to get tagged. Sam Walsh is one of them. Yeah. Tuke Miller is another. I mean, his performance on the weekend, Sam, was just incredible. Mm. And it, it it really felt like he he kind of wanted to just put this team on his back and say, look, let's let's go and get this. Because when it got really tough, he was the one that stood up. And, yeah. and it, it, it wasn't just last week. You know, he's been doing it all season. I yeah. mean, he, he must be a red-hot smoky for the Brownlow medal. He actually is. And uh, what... What I really, really rated from him on the weekend, not just, you know, the, the stats that he had, but the, the leadership he showed um, with Cripps out. So that's, that's a big deal. So Cripps not playing, who's going to step up? If I was Collingwood, I would have sort of put a hard tag on him. I would have put someone straight on to, to Sam Walsh. And I don't understand, like, no offense to them. I just I don't understand why they would have let him run around like he does. But, he, no, he, he runs 15Ks a game, which is just crazy. Like, that's an elite, elite runner. And his stats are, you know, averaging 30 disposals, seven and a half score involvements. Like, 
his game at the moment at 21 years of, years of age is just ridiculous. And I've played against him on the wing um, and he, he gets on his bike and he, and he runs to contest, to contest. Um, and just for his size as well, like he's, he doesn't take a backward step. He actually, he's got, he's got so much mongrel in him. He's like really competitive too. So I've got nothing but good things to say about Walsh. Like usually I might have a little dig at someone you know, somewhere along the lines, but he, he, he ticks a lot of boxes. So as a future captain, I'd say yes, but I don't, I wouldn't want to put that responsibility on him too young. Like, you know, mm. he's still got some pretty good players there who, who can who can take that role. Like Kerno's been great for them. You got you know got Doherty and um, Cripps who are co-captains at the moment. Like they got some good depth. Apparently Liam Jones is a really good leader. So they got some players who can do that. Um, I wouldn't go throwing him under that bus too soon because you know what happens to the Colton at the moment. They um they you know, have a few good games and the media get right behind them and then you know they just build them to be the best team going around and those like pressure situations really get to some young players. So. I wouldn't want that. I'd I'd want you know to see how he how he reacts to maybe Cripps being out for a little bit longer and then see how he goes. But he's a superstar. He actually really is. So, and that's the thing. Him and you know Took Miller and those blokes like they're they're in all Australian form. They're absolutely killing at the moment. And I don't th- we don't really tag in our team, but you, you got to pay attention to those blokes because because mm. they're, they're getting off a leash and they're doing some damage. Well, I was actually going to ask about Sam Walsh because I feel like as a game we're always so quick to want to anoint the next captain. Yeah, and you're right. Like Patrick Cripps carried that club for mate. No so wonder he's having. A, that's his first week off, and God knows oh, how long. That's honestly. what I, that's what I'm saying. Like he he he's been there as long, like carrying that load for as long as I can remember. I left one year after he got there, um, and he's been that guy since. So that's it. <laughs> That's been like seven years worth of hard work. And Doherty and him could be captain for the next three to four years. I mean, it, yeah. it, it makes no sense to have that discussion now. Yeah. I mean, and, we, unless it's something that he, you know, he's yearning for. If he, mm. Like, I don't know who the, if he's in the leadership group at the moment anyway. Like, it's usually a player-driven thing. They, they'll vote the leadership group in and then the, the coaches will sit down and say, who you know, who's best fit for the captain role. Um, so I don't even know if he's in the leadership group at the moment, let alone he's got those qualities, but he's just a gun player. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think timing is everything. And, and someone can really want the role, but they just might be better off waiting a year or two. And I feel like Coniglio, Stephen Coniglio yeah. for the Giants is, is probably a really good example of that. Yeah. I mean, there, there's even no the reason. El, even the early day Melbourne players with um, you know, Trangrove hey, yeah, and Scully, those yep. guys were like, I think yep. they were like not even 21 at the time. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Like, and, and, and again, like, you're putting so much pressure on these guys to having to to have tough conversations with you know as a 21 year old people that are over 32. You know mm. it's, it's a very difficult thing to do. But look, you're right. Um, oh, look, I think Patrick Cripps and Sam Doherty they could captain the side for a number yeah. of years, and and you know Sam can continue to do what he does. Uh, Jake Stringer, Jake Stringer from the Essendon Footy Club. We're we're the seeing package. that the package. I mean, he's been the full package this year. Yes, I mean, he has actually he has. really regained. The, the, the form that saw him become in, you know, 2015 and All-Australian uh, key forward. And, 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 and he is he is almost playing that striker role, that high yeah. half forward through the midfield type role. Um, I mean, everyone's sort of debating about whether he should get a three-year with a two-year um, guaranteed one third player option. I mean, he, he's he's playing as though he should get at least a minimum four-year deal. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, he at, at what point do we have to just reward – Effort. Uh, performance and yeah. effort, and and he's changed the way that he's played. You know, he's he's certainly looks a different player than what he was this time last year. Um, but geez, you, you'd love to see him get a long term deal and secure his future at Essendon. Yeah, well, I know the transition stage he had from the doggies there. It was it was pretty tough for him. Um, obviously, he got there on a big deal, being such a great player. He was all Australian. I think he was in the Premiership team. Um, he had a lot of off field stuff that was going on with his family, so. That that obviously takes a massive toll on someone, and I'm not speaking for him because I've only spoken to him a few few times via um, Instagram DMs and stuff. But 
for him to be playing the footy that he is this year is is remarkable. Um, it's good. It's great for him and his in his psyche too. Uh, obviously, he's putting together a pretty good season. Like he could be, you know, Ford Pocket All Australian at the moment. So you don't know how the selectors is going to choose that. But with Essendon playing good footy, obviously it allows him to play good footy. And I think maybe early days they try to do too much with him, like playing too much on ball where he didn't have that fitness capacity to go through there and and give the same amount of effort up for. So. For him to be, you know, kicking goals week in, week out in the time that he's kicking those goals, um, it's 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 expiring for their team and he's he's playing some good things. But you gotta think like team these these list managers will see that he's playing some great footy and they might they may give him a big deal. They may just say, Look, we want to see another year of this before we throw something at you. Like if you're gonna throw the kitchen sink, you wanna know that he's gonna put out that effort week in, week out. So you'll have he'll have clauses and triggers in his contract to make sure he gets a good deal regardless. But if you wanna you got you got to have you know put put together one one to two years of this kind of footy to be getting you know that kind of money they were saying being thrown around and he is they call him the package for a reason he can do a lot of things and um he's he carries a forward line at the moment with uh with a couple other players up there and they're they're going very well at my Essendon so they're going to be a team to be wary of they make finals absolutely he's an absolute X factor and I'll, I'll tell you what I think there 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 rarely is a uh, you know a time when a player and a club are just so perfectly suited for each yeah. other at the right time and it just feels like Jake Stringer should stay moment, yeah. and he should get a long term deal it, it, it looks like it will be a win win for the club it, look um, he's looking comfortable now you wouldn't want to go changing that up with another fresh start because it, it, it go backwards for you then you you're on that two you're doing you're done so players will think like. Where can I get my longevity out? I'm not 100% sure how old he is, but if he signs another three-year deal, we'll take him to 30, surely. And then he's got to think of like, I'm at this Essendon club. They're going to keep giving me one-year deals because I've been here for so long. Mm. Like if he goes into the club now, signs a two- to three-year deal and sucks, they're not going to give him another one-year, two-year deals after that. So you've Correct. got to think about longevity, that's for sure. Absolutely. Now, now we, we, we probably have to talk about the Q clash before we finish up for the, for the day. But uh, you, you spoke about the game, you know, a little bit a, a little bit earlier with, with Took and, and the attention that he – Really, may maybe getting from from the competition now, not just from you guys, but he's been killing it for for yeah. all year. And and the Suns have actually turned a bit of a corner in the last three weeks. I mean, they obviously you know played really well against uh, Richmond, where things Beat started them. to turn. Yeah. Um. That they, they obviously performed really strongly on the weekend against the Bulldogs. the Bulldogs. I mean, it, it, they they really look as though they're starting to turn the corner, and it, it looks like it's going to be a much different performance. Uh, to what you know, we obviously saw early in the year where you guys won by seventy plus points. I mean, you 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 must be anticipating a, a pretty big Q clash game this weekend. It, it doesn't didn't feel that long ago when when they were talking about getting rid of the Gold Coast. Like I remember seeing on the screens in here when we we're talking about how you know Cochran and that were talking about there's a big fiery thing going on that they weren't winning games and they should go down to Tassie and all that. So that's been really really good for them to be able to you know change the script and you know the past four weeks they've played some really good footy as you mentioned and they pushed the Bulldogs on the weekend had the opportunity to win the game didn't take them unfortunately but we're under no illusions they're going to be a very hard team to beat this weekend and um you know it's at the Gabba so we're very excited about that but the Q Clash uh, you know we're excited for this because you know they, they're playing some great footy and we need to bounce back from our two losses so obviously we're going to come out firing so yeah definitely Saturday's going to be a big game for us and um, you know, these things do get fiery, these games, like especially, mm. you know, they've got some players who are playing some really good footy in their midfield and uh, we need to pick up the slack in there. So it's exciting times for us and, um, you know, we're looking to get back on the winner's board for sure. But no, they've got some really good players at the moment. Took, as you mentioned, Took Miller's an All-Australian form and, um, you know, we're probably not going to let him run around like he is at the moment. So it's going to be a really good game to watch. It's going to be, you know, Saturday afternoon. Hopefully we can feel the Gabba again. They haven't been there for a long time since we beat Geelong um, at the Gabba. So... We're imploring everyone to get down and get it get behind us because it's going to be a good game. So we're looking forward to it for sure. Absolutely, I'll tell you what. You better not let him run around. He's been he's been That's what I'm saying, rings around man, teams. He's, he's just killing it. I've actually been watching a bit of his footage. He, he he's 
His, his, work, um, rate's his work rate from contest to contest is elite. So yeah. if he keeps doing that and getting on the end of the, he, he starts a lot of their ball chains going forward. So we've already looked at that. We're looking forward to the, um, see how that goes. You, you spoke about it being fiery. I mean, did the last game feel as though there is a rivalry starting to build between the two clubs? I mean, I spoke about this earlier in the year. I, I always felt like the Q clash was almost being manufactured early days. You know, yeah. that we wanted a rivalry between Gold Coast and Brisbane, that it wasn't really there. But we're starting to see now that as the sun starts to evolve, Brisbane's obviously, you know, they're, they're, they're in the way really of you guys getting back into the top four. I mean, there is starting to be more at play um, yeah. for the two teams. Yeah, you'd love to see both teams, you know, fighting for a top eight types um, scenario where um, at the moment it's not. But the Gold Coast are playing some great footy and it's, 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 it's healthy for Queensland football if it's a good rivalry. Like, as you mentioned in the early days, it felt like it was just, you know, facade. It uh, wasn't like a real mm. rivalry at all. Like, it's just... You know, they're just down the highway type thing and, you know, we're up here doing our thing. So um, at, we're not looking at like that. Like a, it's a cute clash, yes, but we're just really didn't matter who's in front of us this weekend. We, we need to put our best footy in front of us to, you know, give us a great opportunity for the year. So we're really looking forward to getting back to our brand this weekend. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely a rivalry. There's some players in there we don't like and they don't like some of ours. So it's always going to be a bit fiery, but... That's just the way the footy is, and we're looking forward to yeah, getting a win in, in the Q Clash. Well, tell you what, it should be a fantastic game. I'm really looking forward to it. I know Me there's going to be a lot of to, you know, I'm, I feel good. I want to get back out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just the way that they're playing. And, and again, they're in the way of you guys getting back in the top four. So I feel like it's going to be a, a really strong performance. And, uh, look, it's going to be exciting one way or the other. It's going to be great for Queensland footy fans. Uh, Jack, we, gotta, we, uh, we, we have anything else we need to sort of roll through before we finish up for today? No, I'm feeling good. I'm yeah, feeling I'm like good. we've had a lot of good energy. I can't wait to look at the post uh, Post-game footage from this uh, podcast and uh, really assess where we've been at. I'll tell you what, this is, as I said, this is a big deal for us. There's going to be some people that are going to be listening to this at 8.30 (laughs) a.m. on Thursday on the radio waves. Yeah. Uh, It's been a long time coming, Mitch. I mean, it's it's an exciting time for us, mate. It is, it is. No, it is. It's very exciting. This is, you know, a step forward to potentially life post footy. So if you guys want to leave a comment on whatever social media you see it on, um, it's going to be on the radio. Obviously, you'll be listening to us live right now. Um, It's an exciting time, so... Get behind us. I just want to give a shout out to SEM for giving me the opportunity. Um, Rip through radio. Uh, really appreciate it. So thanks, Johnny T, for coming up. Jazzy coming up today. And Big Jack on the producing studio. Uh, we're killing it. So uh, we'll talk to you next week. See you there, mate.